The text for our sermon this morning comes from the gospel reading, the account of Jesus healing and casting out demons, and specifically at the beginning, Jesus healing Simon's mother-in-law with a fever, just grabbing her by the hand, raising her up, and she was restored, so much so that she was ready to serve her neighbor, ready to serve those all around her. And in Isaiah 40, our Old Testament lesson, also in this text, we are pointed to God's, well, we're pointed to God's eternal wisdom. We're pointed to his wisdom and knowledge that is beyond searchable. But what is it that Isaiah wants us to know, finally? He doesn't leave us in saying that, oh, God is unsearchable, you can't know him. But finally, Isaiah leaves us to see our God as a God of mercy. Because in the end, even though this God is unsearchable, this God is unknowable, uh, as Isaiah says, God says, have you not heard? Right? Have you not heard? Have you not heard of my mercy that I come to renew you? I come with mercy so that you shall mount up with wings like eagles. You will run and not be weary. You shall walk and not be faint. So may God's grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, if you've watched military movies, or if you've read a book about war, you know that one important part of battle and war and these epic stories of mankind, one of the most important parts of that story is the field hospital. As much of a battle takes place on gurneys and in surgery, makeshift surgical rooms, as does a battle in trenches and tanks. Indeed, in the field hospital, a battle is being fought, but the enemy cannot be destroyed by bullets nor bombs. There is no field commander who can form a plan that will foil the advancement of death upon humanity. Or even as soldiers come home and the demons of post-traumatic stress disorder are brought home, here the war is rarely perceived by eyes. The enemy is not so easily pinned down. Across borders, across oceans, even into our own homes. And this is where Mark places Jesus at the beginning of his gospel account. Mark says there's an enemy that knows no bounds. It seems, it appears as if he goes wherever he pleases to cause havoc and mayhem. Jesus, we are shown, is not afraid to step onto all battlefields. Jesus is step by step fighting back against an enemy that has, well, even by our own hands, by our own mouths, by our use of weapons against one another, Jesus is advancing and taking back inch by inch, step by step. He is taking back away from this enemy. Jesus, we are told, just left the synagogue. Mark says Jesus has just left one battle. At the synagogue, Jesus cast out a demon from a demon-possessed man. It was no contest with one little word. 
Jesus felled him. But Mark says now as Jesus leaves the synagogue, he engages in another battle. And while we maybe, maybe can see a lesson here about perhaps, you know, demon possession, it, it isn't so much something that just happens to you. Usually demon possession happens because we walk right into the lair of evil. Demon possession a lot of times happens when we open ourselves up, when we willingly walk into wicked and evil things. That then is when the devil jumps. We can also maybe see here, and and this is what it, it appears that Mark now is sort of shifting us to see that there's another kind of wickedness that falls upon us. It is that which comes upon us because, not because we've done anything wicked. Sickness and illness that comes upon us, not because we've done anything wrong, but because we live in a fallen world. We walk around and possess fallen bodies, fallen minds. But Jesus, like a medic who finds a victim of war, he begins to work immediately. He walks into the, into the home of Simon Peter and he helps. Much like a medic doesn't find a soldier on the battlefield and first ask him, well, would you, would you like me to stop the bleeding? No, Jesus acts. Jesus also doesn't ask if she has good medical insurance. He doesn't even pause and say, well... Have you been a good person? No, Jesus knows who's waging war. Jesus knows it's the devil, and evil is his weapon. Peter's mother-in-law is an innocent bystander, or what do our practitioners of war call her? Collateral damage. So are you. In fact, There's much collateral damage in our lives. There's much collateral damage that we see in our reading today as we are told many people come to Jesus. We are told people are lined up at the door of this home. They knew where to find that Red Cross station. They knew where to run. Their bodies afflicted. They're bleeding from their souls They're tormented in their spirits by demons. It is a battlefield. They needed help. And this is why Jesus has come. This is what Mark is teaching us. Jesus has come to have mercy. Because you may not have fought in battle. You may not have seen in real time the extent to which mankind can mangle one another in the pursuit of so-called peace, in the practice of of the art of war. But it is often the battles in life that we fight on a daily basis. It becomes more evident to us the older we get that all along we've been engaged in a battle, but so often it takes suffering to finally realize it. So often it takes the illness of a son, a daughter, a child a parent or a grandparent before we recognize 
I can't win this war. You you may not be huddled in a trench on the front of war, but sometimes the trench of sadness can be very deep. Standing before a Goliath of an incurable disease, you may be tempted to fear, to be afraid. Perhaps you've met demons, or maybe you've seen them in the mirror. Mark tells us today, Jesus has come. Jesus is here. There is nothing to fear except God. So a couple of things for us to take from our reading today. One, to know that Jesus comes and he brings mercy. Mercy for the brokenhearted, mercy for the sick. Also, Jesus heals Jesus fixes what seems so unfixable. Jesus puts back what's been put out of joint. Jesus brings water to land that was parched. Jesus has mercy for you. And then finally, we consider how do we fight on the side of righteousness? Jesus brings mercy. Mercy is needed because there's much war going on in our lives. Sin is wicked. Sin is what brought death to a world that was perfectly made by God. And the sin we see in our gospel reading today is the sadness that comes upon us as we recognize we're caught up in a fallen world. Sicknesses that come not because we've done anything wrong or because someone sneezed without covering their mouth. No, illness comes because we're susceptible to sin. It's a battle you will not win. It's a battle that you cannot fight against with weapons of your strength, weapons of your dedication, weapons of your offerings, weapons of your sacrifices. You will not win. But the devil, of course, is standing there telling you, oh yeah, you're strong enough. You don't need to look to God. But today we are reminded that our defenses have been subverted from the inside. Illness is a greater enemy than any of us can withstand. There will be no truce. None of us gets out of here alive. Viruses, bacteria, cancer, cholesterol, salt, sugar. It seems that everything around us has but one goal to kill you. But it would be a mistake to think that. Because remember, we are told God has given us all things for good. God has given us all things as a gift. So in spite of what everyone tells you, in spite of what we see with our eyes and even feel with our innermost being, that not everything is here, nothing is given to kill you. Sin was not given to you. In fact, sin is what we've inherited. And you would think we would avoid it like the plague. But how often we embrace it. How often we don't turn from temptation. God gives all things for your good. 
receive them as the good they are. And today we contemplate that you can even receive cancer. You can receive illness. You can receive the darkest diagnosis as a gift from God. God uses all things for the good of those who believe. Our good means to sustain our faith, not that we're going to stay on this earth forever, and too often we forget that. Do you fear suffering? Do you fear cancer? Do you fear dementia, Alzheimer's, meningitis? Do you think child cancer is something to fear? Do you think it's some undefeatable enemy? You are to fear God alone. For he promises to restore us. He promises that what we see in the mirror is not the end. And today we see that in our reading. We're encouraged to see that even as Peter's mother mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. Jesus uses it for your good today as a witness and a testimony to his healing power, his strength, his ability to even use that which we fear so much. He uses that for your good, for your discipline in the faith. Jesus heals and brings mercy like no doctor. He lifts Peter's mother-in-law instantly just using his hand. He touches, and with that touch, he brings healing. Jesus isn't infected with death by touch. Jesus could get sneezed on and not have any effect on him. He might say, oh, gross, but illness and viruses cannot touch your Savior. But consider how he willingly carries it. How we are told he he carries our sicknesses. With Peter, Peter's mother-in-law, his hand brings healing. With others, his words, all he had to do was speak and death was stopped in its tracks. Even Jesus used his spit to bring sight to a blind man. There is no part of Jesus, this God-become man, where he has given up ground to the enemy. There is not one battle lost, not one skirmish that Jesus retreats from. Jesus comes with mercy to defeat the enemy that separates us from him and one another. Yeah, we've seen loved ones suffer from illness And it breaks our heart. It may appear as though they lose. It's often said, but it's very wrong, and you should strike this from your vocabulary. When I read eulogies or or hear of somebody who's died and the announcement says, Grandma fought hard, but she lost her battle with cancer. Well, that's no surprise. Not one human has been able to defeat cancer, dementia, AIDS. Was there really any hope? What were you expecting? I mean, I'm not here to be Pastor Doomsday, but doctors have a 0% success rate when it comes to victory against death. 
That's because doctors cannot give what's needed to win. Mercy. That's the cure for sin and death. Mercy. The forgiveness of God. And that's what Jesus has for you. When a Christian dies, they don't lose. They win. The devil has tricked us to even to, to look at death as, as a loss. But St. Paul says, even for me to die is gain. Thanks be to God. We win when we die because God has kept us in the faith. And what is a little suffering compared to the eternal glory that awaits you? What is a little suffering so that you can witness to others, so that you can fight and be as those great fighters of old, like Rosie the Riveter, like Audie Murphy, so that people can speak of you as a valiant one, to give them strength, to be an example for them. Christians don't lose when they die. They win. So perhaps it's good today we pause in our reading and we realize how Jesus views illness and ailments of our bodies on the attack that it is. You see, today's gospel reading isn't, it's not just a nice story about how Jesus heals sicknesses. That's true. It is a, it is a testimony to that. But today is more about when Jesus doesn't heal you. Because you see, there will be a day when you're not like Peter's mother-in-law. Your fever will not be cured. Your body will not recover. And we need to hear that today because so often we forget that our battle is against unbelief. Our fight is against sin. Our victory is not in comfort. Our victory is not in living with this fallen condition for eternity. But rejoicing that God uses death, our greatest enemy, he uses it to deliver us into his kingdom, to show us that, yes, Jesus did defeat death. We need to see our sicknesses as a witness to our own mortality, that one day we won't recover so that we're prepared. So that we're prepared to confess now that as a victory. Our bodies are like an object lesson that teach us we need someone to fight for us. We need to find someone who has the battle plan, who has the victory. And Jesus says, I do. And he says, I do to you. He says, I do like a wedding vow. I promise to stick with you through sickness, through richer for poorer, but Jesus changes it. Death will not part us. And so onto the battlefield to fight our Goliath of sin and suffering is the son of David. This one Jesus who could heal, he could cast out demons, he could stop illness in its tracks, he saved others, but as he hung on the cross, he didn't save himself. Because Jesus knows this is the battle, this is the victory. He certainly could have come down off the cross, but then he wouldn't be God. He could have saved himself from all illnesses, but Isaiah says in his suffering, he carried our grief. He bore our, our sadness by his stripes. You are healed. The cross is the battle to end all battles. It's there. God wins the victory over the worst that this enemy can throw. Because he was raised three days later. 
He fought your worst battles for you. The cross of Christ is for you. Today, Jesus is revealed as the almighty God who's dedicated to rescuing the needy. What's his solution to our neediness? What are his weapons of choice? They're weapons that no enemy can steal from you. They can't be used against you. Look what Jesus says. He says, I must go and preach, for that's why I came. What is it that our world needs? It's the preaching of Christ's word. What is it that your ailing body needs? It's not another doctor. It's not another test, although those are gifts of God. It's to hear the gospel. It's to repent of your sins. For the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The bringing of the forgiveness of sins and mercy. It's the forgiveness of your sins, life and salvation, life restored, healing from all the effects of sin even even now. The cross of Christ is the antidote for the world, the Holy Spirit, the forgiveness of your sins, every one of your sins. Jesus has never lost a battle and he has never lost a soldier. He's been raised from the dead and there is your guarantee. You were buried with him in baptism. There's his promise. You've already been raised. Your crosses are not there to destroy you. Sicknesses and diseases, they're there to strengthen your trust in him. Your tombs are going to be empty. Your caskets that you will lay in will become vacant. You've already died with Christ. Why should you fear death again? You have life eternal. Because today's reading, it's it's not just a battle we face today or the battle we're going to face when God calls us home, but it's also about the victory that we have and that we're going to see it when we're raised from our grave. Jesus will on the last day come to you where you sleep as Peter's mother-in-law lay on her bed. He will take your hand and he will lift you up. You and I will sit up as if we've never been sick, as if we've never had broken bones, as if we'd never succumbed to temptation. You and I will rise, never to die again. But until that day, you're engaged in battle, or at least you should be. But remember, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against powers, spiritual powers and principalities of evil. And when the fight is long and you get hit, run to the cross. It could be a flesh wound or it could be a mortal wound. Your Savior's the same. Run to the cross, not the red cross, but the cross red with the blood of God. He heals you. But in the meantime, as you engage in battle, look to your left and look to your right. The person sitting next to you, from the smallest of us to the oldest, we are a band of brothers. We are a unit of sisters. Together we fight, not as God's enemy. He's not out to defeat you. He doesn't give you all the blessings in your life to kill you, but to strengthen your trust in him. And if that means letting you get ill, so be it. He knows what's best. 
But as you're wounded on the field, come to the tent. Be strengthened by his word, the tent of the flesh of Christ. Return to him, for the healthy have no need of a savior. But it is here at the altar we hear the 23rd Psalm, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. When the battle is fierce and the fight is long, when you feel like your collateral damage, the Lord's Supper, confession and absolution, encouraging one another, these are his tools to heal you. For it is these that he uses to bind up your wounds, healing your infirmities to eternal life. Jesus makes you whole again. He forgives you all your sins. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.